All right, welcome in to Bird Droppings. I'm your host, Carter Bird, and today we're going to talk a little Formula One, the French Grand Prix and Ferrari's continued mishaps. Here we go. All right, so this past weekend was the French Grand Prix in Formula One. And much like many other races that we've seen so far this year, it started easy looking for for Ferrari. It started, it looked well. I mean, Leclerc early on was able to hold off Verstappen's push and wear down Verstappen's tires. And then Verstappen had to drop back, and it looked like an easy Leclerc victory. His teammate, Carlos Sainz, starting in the back of the grid due to controlled electronics upgrades, he was carving people up all the way through the field, up the grid, until lap 18, when Leclerc, on turn 11, He loses the back end, and he spins into the barrier, and his race is over. Well, from that point, the whole race changes. Because now Verstappen has a pretty easy lead and a pretty easy victory. Sainz can only do so much from starting in 17th, and he's carving his way up the whole time. And then it just becomes, can Sergio Perez, can Checo hang on for a podium? Eventually, you see both Mercedes pass him, and the order finishes Verstappen, Hamilton, Russell on the podium. Perez just off in fourth. Sainz gets up to fifth, and we'll talk about that in a second. Alonso sixth, Norris seventh, Esteban Ocon eighth, Daniel Ricciardo ninth, and Lance Stroll tenth to, to round out the points. Joe Guan Yu retires. Nicholas Latifi retires. Kevin Magnuson, Charles Leclerc, and Yuki Sonoda all don't finish the race. But it, the storyline, the main storyline, is Ferrari's blunders that have continued all season. And we'll 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 get that to that in a second. The storyline that got overshadowed was this was Lewis Hamilton's 300th race in Formula One. 300. In that span, he has 103 wins, most ever. He has 187 podiums. He has 103 poles and 59 fastest laps. So he he's won one out of every three races he's been a part of. He's been on a podium for more than one out of every two. He's got one out of every three poles. He has one out of every six fastest laps in his career. That's astonishing. That's amazing. That just shows you the level of of dominance that Lewis Hamilton had while he he's been with Mercedes. Yes, he won a championship before, but since that Mercedes machine got up and running, they've been unstoppable until the past two years, and they were still really good last year. This year, they don't quite have the pace. You've 
you've seen them talk a couple times post-race that, you know, they wish they could have competed for a victory, but they just aren't quite there yet, and they aren't closing the gap as much as you would hope. But now, let's talk about Ferrari. First off, after Leclerc spins out, he goes and talks to the media, and he has a quote that says, if I keep making mistakes, I don't deserve to win the championship. He even goes on to say, if he loses the championship by less than 32 points, that's basically on him. Which, yes, this one, this mistake was driver error. There was debate for a while whether his issues that he had two weeks ago with his throttle, whether his his throttle was getting stuck again and that caused it. And there was some interpretations of the radio message made people think that that was an issue. But it, it turns out this one was just driver error. And it's puzzling why it happened. Because he was out front. He was dominating. And he had he had taxed Verstappen's tires to the point that it was going to be a little bit before Verstappen was back up there fighting him for that lead position. But sure enough, in a pretty quick corner where he shouldn't really be pushing it like crazy, he loses the back end, spins and spins into the barrier, and that's the end of his day. Now, his teammate, Carlos Sainz, he had a bad pit stop. Uh, for, it was slow when he came in for his first pit. I believe he was on hard tires, and they brought him in to put him on medium tires to attack the other cars and gain more positions. It was a slow stop. Then Ferrari releases him late directly into the path of Alex Albon, and Albon has to slam on the brakes in his Williams in order not to make contact. Sainz kind of has to swerve and almost takes out a McLaren pit member. And sure enough, the the stewards, the FIA, hand out a, a five-second penalty. And then this is where we start to see just this this confusing mess with Ferrari. We see we see the pit the, the pit wall radio to Carlos Sainz and tell him, "Hey, you have a five second stop and go penalty." Which what that means is he has to come into the pits and he has to sit for five seconds, and they aren't allowed to touch his car, and then they can change his tires, do whatever they want, or he can drive off. But he has to sit there for, for five seconds. And the Ferrari pit wall, the people in charge of the strategy, the people with all the computers, with a direct line of communication to the FIA, they are the ones that say, that say it's a stop-and-go penalty. And Carlos Sainz, from his car, is the one saying, no. It's a five-second penalty. That's all it is. It can be added to the to his final time at the end of the race. 
He can race through on his medium set of tires, which it was going to be a very long stint on those mediums. But he was saying he can keep going and he can just have that time added at the end. And before he, because he, he climbed his way up into that top three or four, but before he got there, I guess his progress slowed and Carlos Sainz wanted to pit to put on new tires. The issue is teams, teams tried to avoid pit lane as much as possible in that race because the pit lane at the French Grand Prix had been extended. So now it costs you 28 seconds. It costs you 28 seconds to, to pit, which is longer than most places. But he was asking to pit because he wanted fresher tires because he wanted to go on the offensive because at that point in time, I don't think they thought he could catch the people in the top four on the tires he was on. Well, so he's saying, I want to pit, I want to pit. <laughs> the Ferrari pit wall, it's like, it's like they weren't listening to him because you hear them go, okay, okay, stay out, stay out, which directly contradicts what signs is asking. And there was no discussion. So that was the first moment where it's like, are you guys like fully paying attention? Are you guys, are you guys aware of what's going on? Y'all watching the race? And then a, a little later, after more discussion that wasn't on the broadcast about the potential to pit, well, now... Science is starting to work his way up on everybody else. He's he's gotten up there, and he's in a battle with Sergio Perez, and he's side by side with Sergio Perez with Checo, passing him to make that top three to get into third. Which yes, he still had the penalty, but it would have put him into third, and Checo's tires were dying quickly, and we saw more of that later on, but. As he's side-by-side with Checo, sure enough, Ferrari Pitwall pops in again and says, box, box, come into the pits. And Sainz has to be like, basically, not now, shut up. I'm fighting for third place. But it was just like, are y'all not paying attention to the fact that he is literally in the probably the best battle for a position um in that in that race and and he has to tell him to shut up he gets past him and then yes he pits but at that point there's just 10 laps left there's not a lot of time to make up all these places that he loses by going to the pits you almost wonder with Checo's tires dying and George Russell behind him, and they're about to have a battle there and tax both of their tires, can signs on his old tires stretch his advantage over Perez to more than five seconds because then that five-second penalty gets added and potentially he finishes on the podium. Potentially. But no, they chose to pit him so that 28-second pit average pit time Turns into 33 because they serve his penalty as a stop and go. And then they release him. 
and he's having to scrap and claw for 10 laps to see how high he can get, and he finishes fifth. When in reality, granted, it, it, there, there, I guess there is a chance, there is a chance that he has a tire, tire failure on those mediums, but he, he can only get up to fifth place. And on, on, I guess on a track where it was 60 degrees Celsius on the track, and they're making a big deal about that because that's upwards of 120 degrees Fahrenheit, um, that tires weren't going to last. And so maybe that's why Ferrari did it. I mean, you saw some drivers taking advantage of it. For Fernando Alonso earlier in the race had both of the McLarens behind him trying to attack him, and his pit wall at Alpine radios into him and lets him know, hey, the McLarens are behind you, and they're and they're starting to attack. And he basically says, good, bring it on. I'm going to kill their, their tires because Fernando is the best defensive driver in Formula 1. And sure enough, it worked. I mean, you see him finish sixth because he's able to hold off Norris and Ricardo, and he's able to kill their tires enough to allow Esteban Ocon, his teammate, to split the McLarens and finish eighth. But we saw Checo's tires continue to get worse and worse. We saw Leclerc do it to Max early, and then by the time Leclerc spun, it didn't matter for Max because Max is so far out front, and his pace is so good. And he's so once once the doorway was opened, Max we we've seen a different different Max Verstappen this year, where he's just he's so calm and mature in the cart. Last year, and I think some of it was the underdog uh dog mentality that he had to have a little bit of this aggressive take it to Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes, take it to the champs, try to knock them off mentality that he had where he put himself in some positions that were vulnerable for sure. He he got in a couple wrecks with Lewis being uber aggressive. Um, and now you just see him being calm and smart. And... Early in the year, when Leclerc was like in Miami, Leclerc was using was using DRS. He was allowing Max to pass him before the DRS zone, so then he could pass with DRS. Where at that moment, it looked like Leclerc was being the heady, smart driver. Now that's Max. Max doesn't take risks, especially after after his Red Bull. Uh, failed twice in the first three, three races. He has been Mr. Consistent. Even at Silverstone at the British Grand Prix, we saw him take take severe damage. And a, a younger Max Verstappen probably would have pushed it too hard and probably would have ended up um, maybe not finishing that race or finishing outside the points. Well, Max in that race stayed really cool. 
He managed his drive well, and he finished seventh and did a great job of damage control. And that's kind of what we've seen. When Leclerc spun out, Max took over, and Max just, it was a Sunday drive for him. I mean, it was just a nice little stroll. And there were no unnecessary risks. There was no sketchy moments like we've seen with Ferrari all year long. And he goes and gets the win. And then his teammate, his teammate who's normally so great at preserving his tires, so great at managing them. Well, his tires were shot at the end, and on the safety car restart, the virtual safety car restart, he gets absolutely jumped by George Russell, and George Russell takes the podium. So you have two Mercedes on the podium. Checo finishes fourth, not what you want. But it's Ferrari's... Uh, continued mistakes that have become the overwhelming storyline of this season because we, we've we seen the strategy fail. We've seen the cars fail. We've seen driver error. And when you look at it, I mean, despite what Carlos Sainz says, Carlos Sainz had to, uh, in the media, say, we are not the disaster that everyone seems to say that we are. And generally, generally it's not great when you're having to say, oh, we're not as bad as everybody says. We're not a dumpster fire. That generally means you're kind of a dumpster fire. And, you know, the evidence this season, it backs it up. I mean... The signs penalty, the signs pit, the signs radio, none of that made sense. Leclerc spun. Earlier this year in Monaco, Leclerc has the lead. Signs is in the pit. And uh, they pit Leclerc. And once he's on pit road, then the pit wall... <laughs> The pit wall radios to Leclerc and says, stay out, stay out. And Leclerc loses it. And the two Ferraris get stacked up on each other. They lose time. And Checo Perez undercuts both of them and goes and gets the victory. And then two weeks ago in Austria, we saw Carlos Sainz's car on fire. He had to pull off, and literally, he couldn't get the car to stop on the on the pull off. And he's trying to jump out of a burning car because, granted, the 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 marshals were a little slow to get there. Then at Silverstone, when when a caution comes out, when a yellow flag comes out, when a safety car comes out, Ferrari has eleven seconds of time to tell Leclerc to pit, to put on fresh tires, and then he can potentially go win that race, and Ferrari can go 1-2. But they fail to, for for inexplicable reasons. They say it's because they didn't want to double-stack the cars, and Sainz needed tires more, and Leclerc was already in the lead. Well, as a result, Leclerc goes from first to fourth, 
And they they tried they tried to tell Carlos Sainz to play a little defense, back up the other cars coming off the safety car, and allow Leclerc to get out front, see if they could hang on to that one too. But Sainz rightfully said, "Yeah, you know, I don't really trust y'all strategy. It hasn't exactly been um, stellar so far this year." How about you let me go get this win and let me do the damage control for the team because this plan could result in neither Ferrari winning the race. I mean, and so he passes Leclerc. He goes on to win. Good for him. First race win of his career. And Leclerc drops to fourth. And that was a great, like, if you manage it correctly, if you get Leclerc in the pits, you get fresh tires on him, and you get signs fresh tires like he like he did, and you go one two, you're able to take advantage of both Red Bulls taking damage in that race. Checo early on, and then Verstappen sustaining damage from pieces of the AlphaTauri cars on the track. And that's the race where he finished seventh. You could have made a big dent in his championship lead. But instead, Leclerc finishes fourth and Verstappen finished seventh. You don't make up the distance that you really needed to. And then you go look at Azerbaijan. Both Ferraris retired. The Spanish Grand Prix. Leclerc retired. Sides got hit by some wind and spun out into the gravel. He was able to salvage a P4, but that kept him off the podium. The Emilio Romana Grand Prix, Sides retired. Leclerc spun. Leclerc spins, and it costs him a podium. It costs him potentially P2, and he finishes P6. He got too aggressive. He tried to attack Verstappen and lost it. And that's just the story of the season. That's the story of the last two decades almost. The last, that's the story of the last 15 years for Ferrari. They have the car. They have the best car on the grid. But it's reliability. It's driver error. It's strategy that has Red Bull running away with the championship. In the Constructors' Championship... Red Bull has 396 points to Ferrari's 314. So they're 82 points clear. That's going to be an enormous amount of points to try to make up in the back half of the season. Red Bull almost has that one wrapped up completely, especially because I think the pair of Checo and Verstappen are better drivers than the pair of Leclerc and Sainz. I think it's probably Verstappen, Leclerc up at the top, then Checo, and then Sainz is the fourth of that group. In the Drivers' Championship, coming into this race, Verstappen was 38 points clear. Had had Leclerc gotten the, the victory like he should have, he could have started to chip away at that gap. And he would have still had a ways to go but he would have been making progress. He would have been chipping away 
and really starting to make moves on Verstappen. Well, he spins. Verstappen moves from second to first. So not only does Leclerc lose 25 points for not coming in first place, but Verstappen gains an additional seven for moving up to first. So it's a 32-point swing there. And now Verstappen's 63 points up. I mean, it's... I don't understand how Ferrari is continuing to to blunder these opportunities. How they continue time after time after time to make mistakes. Now Leclerc's Leclerc may not even finish second because Sergio Perez has now cut the gap in second place to seven points. And so going forward, I mean we have we have a race this weekend in Hungary. Ferrari needs to have a huge weekend, and they better start praying for some of that Red Bull reliability issues that we saw early in the year because otherwise I don't see a way that this Ferrari team in any any capacity run down this, this Red Bull team. And if they continue to have the reliability issues that they've been having, the strategy issues and the driver error issues, you know who's not having those issues? Who's almost, despite not having the pace of Red Bull and Ferrari, is the most consistent team in terms of maximizing points, just handling their business, never losing their cool, their, their cool just being a machine... It's that Mercedes team led by Toto Wolff and Lewis Hamilton and George George Russell. So Ferrari, if they don't pull it together, could mess around and finish third in a season where they had a commanding lead early in this championship. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on going forward. Can Ferrari right this ship? Or will they continue to be plagued by unforced errors and reliability issues the rest of this season. It'll be interesting to watch, but I just don't see a way, barring a Red Bull collapse, that Red Bull gives up the top spot in either standings. This looks like we are on the verge of Max Verstappen clinching the Drivers' Championship and Red Bull clinching the Constructors' Championship. But we'll see. I think that's going to do it for today. I'll be back sometime soon. Uh, be on the lookout for some other stuff that I will be starting with a uh, Northwestern show uh, with the Locked On Podcast Network. But until then, uh, see you later.